Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey you guys, welcome to Steel Wars, I am comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars! And how about this, it is our 100th episode live at Star Wars Celebration Europe! And I've just noticed several young Padawans in the front row reminding me that this episode won't have the explicit title on iTunes. So, uh, did anyone go to the Rogue One panel yesterday? Okay, good. Well, hopefully this panel will have less technical hiccups than that one. So, it is terrific to be at Star Wars Celebration. It is intense. I'm having bizarre dreams every night. This may be one of them. So... But uh, we've got a guest who has kindly come down to uh, join us. You might know him from Mazkanada's Castle. He is one of the, the gambling brothers. If you heard the live episode last week, we had Prashy on, Tom Bell. And this week, we've got his in-film twin brother. It's Details, Kratnas from Force Awakens. <laughs> How you doing? Tom Bell, who we had on last week, he did the live episode in London in the city in this at the Phoenix, which is a great bar, and they've got this little underground sort of bunker thing that we live podcasted in, and he was there, he tweeted out really sadly today that he got the episode like in the underground b- bunker, and then details, his on-film brother, gets the 100th episode at Star Wars Celebration... <laughs> And as I tweeted him back, I'm just like, Prashy always loses. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing? You just got here. How are you yes. finding uh, Star Wars Celebration? Amazing. Amazing. Um, phenomenal. So many costumes, so many Star Wars lovers. Star Wars lovers in the house. <laughs> um, it's just, yeah, mind-blowing. And you showed me the, what's it, the giant TIE fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goosebumps. It's just incredible. And I was showing D like the giant Adat and the Tie Fighter, and he didn't like he wasn't impressed as I thought he'd be. And I was like, "Oh, you have seen all this stuff for real, haven't you?" Yeah, <laughs> but but I still get goosebumps. That's the whole thing. It still freaks me out. We walk past the what's it, the costumes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, amazing, amazing. I'm, so- I'm the same on the set. Yeah, because you did some work on uh, Rogue One as well. So, can you tell us which of those costumes you wore? Well, The Force Awakens was a, an amazing movie because <laughs> you had these two gambling brothers. <laughs> the Force Awakens, it was weird because it was a movie about these two gambling brothers uh-huh. bookended by all this hyperbole about some girl and a lightsaber. What's up with that? All I can say is I won every single time. <laughs> and you've got the, uh, just to make everyone jealous, you've got the Rogue One Creature Effects Department Pinewood 2015. And um, as is tradition from last week, the bidding starts at £100, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a huge Star Wars fan, so let's go back to the beginning. Okay. What, what is your first memory of Star Wars? first memory of Star Wars was being in the school playground 
and my friends all had stickers, the stickers and the cards, and there was um, one or two images. I saw the droids, I saw C-3PO and R2-D2, didn't know what they were called. So um, there was a picture of the guys in that garbage disposal bit. The trash compactor. That's it, that's the one. Yeah. And um, the argument in the playground at the time was who was stronger, Superman or Chewbacca, because Chewbacca has to hold the balls apart. And I had no idea what that was all about. But yeah, I jumped in, started collecting the cards and the stickers and the toys. Well, that, that's a cool thing. Back then, the schoolyard playground was the internet. Absolutely. That's when you'd have debates about <laughs> Chewbacca versus Superman. It depends Absolutely. if Chewbacca's bowcaster shoots kryptonite or not, I think. Ah, yeah, see, there you go, there you yeah, go, yeah. maybe. See, you should have busted that one out in the playground. Yeah, it wasn't quick enough for that, no. What, who's your favourite character in Star Wars? R2-D2. R2-D2? Yeah, love R2. What do you yeah. love about R2 the most? He just, it's like everybody has this kind of like performance in the movie where you have a tone and you kind of know what their character's about. R2, he just doesn't give a damn and he's just like this, he just plods along and, and funny enough, it wasn't until you get to Return of the Jedi when Luke is, um, has already prearranged that Artu's going to shoot out the lightsaber at Jabba's palace thing. You know, when that cell barge? That's like when you go to a nightclub and you give your friend like a hip flask, planning ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And then you realize C-3PO wasn't included in that. I'm like, of course not. Yeah, C-3PO is the friend that you say, yeah, it's just full of water, mate. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. He was like the doubter and he kind of like always panicked. And R2 was just really cool. And there was that one moment in, was it A New Hope? When he says, like, well, I'm like, I'm gonna, like, I understand R2's language. But it's like when they land on, that, on Tatooine and he just wants to go off in that direction and C-3PO doesn't want him to. And yeah. he just boots him and he still goes anyway. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. That's your favourite thing in Star Wars? Seeing your favourite character get kicked? Yeah, and when, and when C-3PO says, mind your language, you know he said something really bad. <laughs> <laughs> what about your favourite film? Um, A New Hope. Because without A New Hope, you wouldn't have had any of the others. And then when you hear about, you watch the documentaries about everything that George Lucas went through to get that movie made. Um, oh, it's just everything you need to know about life and perseverance and endurance is, is that film. The backstory between when George Lucas was on set filming A New Hope and like a lot of the English cast or, and the crew, like they were just like, this is wacky. This is going to be not a good film. Yeah. I would have liked to have been there because he had a lot of trouble trying to get the, the crew to like stay and, and, and do stuff. That's right, and that. that's right, yeah. I'd like to be there. They should have made a documentary on the first day of filming Empire Strikes Back where he just walks in and just goes, who's laughing now, suckers? I'm a billionaire. Yes. All the crew on their knees bowing. Please forgive us. That would have been the first Star Wars celebration. Yeah. But you see, he had... Absolutely, yeah. But you see, he had that... He had um, tough times on set filming it. Then he had um, tough times with getting it through the studios in America and it was just it was all, on all the cards it should, he should never have had it made yeah. you, know what, you know what I mean by all rights it should never have been made but it was made and it was loved um, and appreciated and still is yeah and I think there was a lot of very um, things that held him back that made the film awesome like the, like the limitations yeah. Yeah. That, that, that sort of made the film quite endearing, like, yeah. like the smallness of Tatooine and like the weird smallness of the cantina, which is like, you know, he wanted that to be a lot crazier, but yeah, that's yeah. sort of what made it endearing to us. Yeah. Look, without, without Star Wars setting the precedence, you wouldn't have all the special effects and technical teams working on all these movies that we have today. So when you look at... When you, I've, I've heard comments about, um, what was it, episode seven, and they're saying, oh, you didn't see anything special. But, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it is There's the two aliens the, gambling daddy. that look like each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's the daddy of all sci-fi movies. It is the daddy, yeah. What's your favourite scene in Star Wars, in any of the films? It's kind of... It's, it kind of like merges in, into this big long thing from what I can remember, but it's, it's um, Luke Skywalker at Jabba's palace. You know, from the moment he walks in, gets thrown into that pit and then it's the breakout it's how he gets them all out and it's just like oh that's just epic and the coolest scream 
in cinema history for me is Lando going, ah! <laughs> Just, oh! <laughs> but that's such a, that is, that's my favorite scene as well. Awesome. Because awesome. I like it as, you know, when I was growing up, you know, I related to Luke Skywalker. Obviously. Because I was like the whiny kid. And my older brother was like the cool Han Solo type that got everything right. <laughs> and to have that whiny kid go back to his hometown of Tatooine and just go up to the biggest bully in town and go, hey, stop hassling my friends or I'm going to have to mess this stuff up. Yeah. And then the, the biggest bully goes, just keeps pushing him. And then he goes, R2, flick us the lightsaber. <laughs> I've learned this sweet diving board trick. <laughs> yes. Great at catching. And I'm just going to clean house. That's yeah. the best. For a little kid yeah. watching that, it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was a perfect sound effect for the emotion I was going to have. For a little kid, that is woo. We've seen Empire Strikes Back, and then you see Return of the Jedi, and Luke turns up in black and a hood. You know he's about to kick some tushy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and he, and he ain't playing. You yeah. know, it's, it's awesome. I've had a few of those word search moments myself, but uh, <laughs> I've learned how to hide them a bit better than you. <laughs> I was just going head on straight into it. <laughs> but I loved Leia's outfit when she turned up to rescue Han. That bounty hunter outfit she wore. Really? Because most people really like the next outfit yeah, she yeah, wore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's just, that's obvious, that's obvious. But when she turns up, you know, and he says, who is that? He says, someone who loves you. I was like, oh, wow, look at that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. and I don't know, because I was so young when I watched it, I remember watching it in the theatre and having no idea who it's going to be. Like, I was right, waiting right. for, like, some three-eyed green guy to come out, but way hotter than that, <laughs> way hotter. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But I love that scene, sets it up. You know, um, she lets Jabba know that she ain't playing. She's got the she's got the grenade in her hand, and even Boba Fett has to step back. You know. Yeah, I like the little nod of just like. Yeah. Well played, like yeah, like that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you find out it's Leia, and you're thinking, of course it is. Yeah, the the Boba Fett knob, <laughs> game recognizes game. That's like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's coming from Boba, so you're like, all right. <laughs> When the prequels came along, The Phantom Menace was uh, filmed in London. Well, even yeah. back then, were you around? Were, were you like old enough to know that they were? Oh hell yeah! I was. I was dying to get a casting for all of that stuff, but they were shooting all out in New Zealand, was it? Australia, mate. <laughs> so I heard. Yes. <laughs> yes. Apologies for that. No, yeah. They no, filmed. I heard, no, I heard they were shooting in um, Australia and New Zealand, and I thought there's no way I'm getting a casting for this. No way. So I didn't bother. Before The Force Awakens, what sort of stuff had you been doing? Um, I've been mainly doing bits of theatre and I was doing Romeo and Juliet and the Scottish play and just building up my CV for some real good stock. And then um, always wanting to move into film and not wanting to go stay on the stage. And um, luckily, um, I got to do some character support for um, Batman Begins. Uh, playing a Gotham City police officer in that. And then um, that blew me away. Just the budget of, of the set that they had in Cardington for that. Yeah. And that was like my first introduction because up, up until then it was like, if I don't like doing this, I don't know how to do anything else. You can't put me in McDonald's. You can't, I have no idea what to do. So um, did it, loved it, and then um, continued pursuing it. But each year I was doing panto. And I was, went from Genie of the Lamp to Dick Witt, um, playing Dick Whitterton's cat, Tommy. You played but, a cat? But I didn't realize it was um, creature performance. I just thought I was pretending to be a cartoon character, you know? <laughs> so you're in a cat costume? Yeah, cat costume. I had my face painted and there was all these mannerisms that I added, like influences from Chaplin for his walk. Eventually he spoke, sounded more like Donkey from Shrek. Um, but it was lovely. The kids loved it and stuff. Um, and then ended up doing some work at the Royal Opera House um, and ended up wearing an 11-foot creature costume. It's like some scientist in Wagner's ring cycle um, called Daz Rheingold. And he makes his transformation. And there's about three transformations. One, he does that thing like, and hides and falls behind the table. And then I come out in this, in this um, costume twice the size of him. Then I wander off the stage. 
and then um, the singers that are still on the stage then get held by these two hands that come in and grab them and the head that comes over the top. But I still didn't realize that was creature work. Yeah, so the guy fell behind a table yep. and then you come out as something else. Yep. ILM, eat your heart out. <laughs> yeah, practical effects, man. Yeah. Practical <laughs> effects. You know? Real tables, practical <laughs> effects. <laughs> and then... Um, and then yeah, but I, all through that time, I'd met Brian Herring, who operates BB8, one of the operators on BB8. Yeah, there was this moment where we used to have this um, club, the cinema club, where we'd go to the movies every week and see something with our Cineworld card. And one day he turned up and he was like, D, I can't get arrested for work. And I was like, what do you mean? So like, I'm supposed to be in New York filming Muppets Most Wanted, but I can't get over there. And I'm like, oh, dude, I feel for you. I, feel for you. I don't know what to say. And this was the same thing that happened, like, for the past, for the next three weeks or something. And then the next time I turned up, he goes, D, I've just landed a job on something, and I can't tell you anything about it. And I was like, oh. And I I have to say, to go up to someone and say, hey, I've got this thing I can't tell you about, dick move. (laughs) Well, well, you know... That's like one of those passive-aggressive <laughs> Facebook statuses. Someone's really upset me. I'm not saying who. <laughs> but it was, you know, he, he, had, he, had his, he had intentions in mind for what was coming next. But that would have been the catchphrase around stages around London for the past three years. I'm working on something that I can't tell you about. Yeah. Wink. Yeah, but funny enough, only Star Wars people get it. You know, most movies that are being shot, like there's one being shot right now, can't tell you about. But it's like, oh, it's a secret. Yeah. You know, and, and you're none the wiser. But if it's something like, you know, Star Wars is coming, it's in, it's in the ether, and someone you know who works in creature effects, puppeteering, turns around and tells you something like that, you know exactly what it is. <laughs> you know? And then he revealed that um, he had been brought on as a consultant, and then um, things changed once they showed the droid to um, JJ because JJ was like, "Let me see this droid, and you know, and if it works out, I'll bring over the guys from America and we'll operate it." And so um, Dave Chapman and Brian Herring they said, "Okay," showed him this droid, and then JJ said, "Right, you're in the movie," and that was BB-8. And then how did that lead to you getting involved? Well, are well, you BB-8? <laughs> I was, I was going to try and do the beeps then. No. <laughs> <laughs> he then said to me, well, look, D, I'll see if I can get you in to be a background creature or something like that. And I'm just like, not holding my breath because it's Star Wars, right? And I'm like, okay, cool. And then um, eventually a phone call came through and said, um, would you mind coming down to the Pinewood for a fitting? And, and how, but how long did that call take from when you said, because for me, to, to speak to someone and go, I might be able to get you on Star Wars, I'll give you a call. I'd be keeping my phone pretty charged. I'd missed the casting for 24 when they were filming. Avengers Age of Ultron was filming out in Europe, so I was like, that ain't happening. Star Wars, you must be joking, that ain't even going to... I was just like, that was a kind gesture, but I'm not believing a word of it. Okay. You know? And then it must have been about a month or a month and a half later that I had a phone call and said, come down to Pinewood for a fitting. And I thought, must be a casting, not a fitting. Went down there. <laughs> it's just amazing. As soon as I walked into the creature, creature shop, R2 is right there in front of me. Where you're sat right now, R2 was, right? And then you recreated your favorite scene and just started kicking him. Sent <laughs> <laughs> to my language. I couldn't move. I, I was frozen to the spot. I wasn't sure if I was allowed to walk past R2. Wasn't sure if I was allowed to touch R2. Don't make eye contact. Yeah. yeah. That, it was one of those. <laughs> and, and then um, one of the um, makeup guys on the side, Justin, was looking at me, staring, laughing. And he goes, yeah, I'm like that every day. <laughs> And that was kind of it. And I went in and I was being seen for um, one of the creatures, one of the wolf husks. And Tom was as well. That's where I met Tom as well. So there's a whole bunch of us because they wanted a few of us to play these wolves at different points in the film. Because originally I think there was going to be some fighting and some, all kinds of stuff. Well, I don't know. Um, the wolves originally had tails. I'm not sure if you know that. They originally had tails and that was take cut out because it would have been too, too much to add in or something. Yeah, weren't the, the wolves going to have tails that were sort of like a third leg 
<laughs> yeah, that kind of just flapped around, you know, <laughs> did its thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they said, no, no, we're not, we're not even sure if we're going to see the, um, the back of the creatures or not, so we might as well just cut it all um, from the start. And that's where I met Neil Scanlon and um, was shown the image because the husks are imagery drawn by um, Ralph McQuarrie. Um, back oh, in the day. Oh, back in the day, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so a lot of... some. I'm of, glad you said back in the day, because that would be a very artistic seance. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of the creatures, there, there, are, there are quite a few creatures that are designed by Ralph McCreary from way back that we're paying homage to yeah. throughout these movies. And um, I looked at it, and it reminded me of Calabos from Clash of the Titans, just the way it was stood. And so I was already practicing the, the posture and the walk and all that kind of stuff. And um, I thought, okay, a few more fittings for that, and, um, and then away we go. And then I had that phone call, and it says, D, I've got some bad news for you. I was like, oh, what is it, D? He goes, well, first of all, can you do martial arts? <laughs> and, and remember I told you at the pre-celebration that, you know on YouTube you've seen these martial arts guys that can't do martial arts and they're doing nunchucks and they hit themselves in the head and fall over and that flash flashed past my mind and I was like no I can't do martial arts right? <laughs> I couldn't even blag it and he goes well the thing is we're going to have to give the parts away to these two guys from the raid um, who you saw in the movie they were originally supposed to be these husks that were doing fight sequences and stuff and, 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 and if seeing those guys fight in the movies if they want your part in a movie you just go yeah have it man That's... that was it literally it was like it wasn't like my part was going to just a regular other actor it was going to guys that could kick butt seriously and I'd seen them that week in the movie or something yeah and, and, like, and so those guys were going to be fighting like out the front of Maz's castle or something yeah yeah, with yeah. stormtroopers and all that stuff it was yeah supposed to be all, all supposed to kick off and, and then um, it was sort of like cut short because of Harrison's accident. Yes, yeah. yes. And we had a month off. <laughs> well, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, JJ, yeah, we, we went into like overshoot mode where everything that could possibly be captured was filmed. But yeah, and, and um, then I thought, well, look, if the parts go into those guys, then if this is as close as I get to Star Wars, then yes, I've made it. I was celebrating. I was thinking, awesome. And then Brian phoned up and said, Neil's just said, let's see if we can find these something. And I was like... Oh, don't build me up again. Don't, don't, don't. And, um, it's an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Star Wars, isn't it? And then I was brought in. Uh, no, Brian said, how do you feel about working on your knees? And <laughs> you've really got to know someone really well. Yeah. yeah. You know, to ask that, that question. That, that, that's that's a know? red light in any job interview. <laughs> and, yeah, I gave it some thought. <laughs> I thought, well, it is Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and no, when no. you're on your knees, you're like thinking, God, I wish I knew Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so, so um, Brian says, look, we're going off to Abu Dhabi. We've got some stuff to film. Um, you're going to get a phone call. So just come down to the studio. And um, I did get that phone call. Went down to the studio and I was trying bits on. And I was originally trying on Prashi's head. Yep. I thought that was the only head that there was. Uh-huh. And they were fitting me up in the, water, in the costume and stuff. And the shoes on my, on my knees, because we were only little, little fellas with long arms. So you were trying on your brother's head? Uh-huh. Well, at the time, I thought it was just me. I didn't know I was going to have a brother. And so I'm trying this thing on. And the next time I went in, Tom was there. And they said, oh, this is the other alien that's going to be acting with you. And I thought, oh, there's two of us. Great. And then eventually, um, on another fitting, came down and they brought their heads out that weren't painted and for us to try on, make sure we could see out of them and stuff. And I went like this to receive it and they gave it straight to Tom. And I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> um, and they said, no, D, your head's coming, your head's coming. I was like, all right, cool. And so they then brought out my head and it just had this grin on it. And I was like, they know me too well, you know? <laughs> and we put the heads on, brought the wardrobe to a standstill as we tried to figure things out and walk and move and talk. Aidan Cook came in to give us some advice, one of the other creature performers. Yeah. And then Paul Casey, our main um, creature movement coach, came out. It was awesome. And then, uh, then they said, okay, cool, there's a show and tell next week and we'll find out whether you're actually going to be chosen to be in the scene. And I was like, you mean this isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
I've got to wait another week. It was a tough week. The following week came, walked in, saw this layout. In They, they cordoned off this section a bit like this in, in one of the hangars. There were the two... Some of you might know the names already. I have no doubt. The two puppets that were kind of like um, weighing up things. They had goggles. I think they were called. I think they were called snoots at the time in, in production. I'm not sure what they ended up being in the Visual Dictionary. But they've got these long anteater noses with these goggles on. Have you seen them? You remember them? Yeah, yeah. And um, they were sat at this table, and one of them was weighing up some some stones, and the other one was weighing up some was moving some some counter digits. And I was like, this is amazing. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I was just looking, and I was like, hang on. <laughs> Looked under this table, and I could see the legs. Yeah? And yeah. I was like, oh, wow. And then to the left of that was the big guy you see at the door, just sat there on the couch. Um, no one was operating that at a time. And then to the left of him were the mosquitoes. Did anyone pick out the mosquitoes in Madness? Yeah, yeah. Giant, ridiculous mosquitoes. Yeah. yeah. Now, if you saw a close-up of that, if they, have, if they had one, there's a mosquito here, mosquito there, and there's one here with his hand tentatively on a gun. I just thought, no, nah, that's just awesome. <laughs> Not a gun, a blaster. Let's get it right, a blaster. Just, just in case anyone comes up with some, like, mortain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or tries to rip them off or something. But you're seeing this stuff, like, you're going through all this security, and then you're seeing all yeah, this yeah. amazing imagery. Yeah. Like, how, do you have crazy dreams at night? To have that glance at, at all this amazing visual, like, preview of this film. You're con- I was constantly living in a world of disbelief. It's Star Wars. I fell in love with Star Wars as a kid. I decided I was going to become an actor when I was 10 because I love Spielberg movies. I love George Lucas. I love those big spectacle movies with heart and, and all that kind of stuff. My career, trying to direct my career into that direction, you never know if you're ever going to get there. But you keep trying and you, and you maintain a level of integrity by taking on certain types of work and rejecting others because you don't think it's going to push you in that direction. Um, even in the height of big movies being made in this country and, and they're casting um, character actors left, right and centre, you, you still don't quite believe that you're going to get that casting. And to actually be there, you're seeing stuff that no one's allowed to see. Yeah, You're interacting with these geniuses who just draw something and it's just like, oh, I get the mannerisms, I understand that. Guys who do the makeup, guys who not just create the creatures, but source what's inspiring them to create the creatures. And you're seeing their work in progress. Yeah. So no, it was it was literally, I will sign whatever you need me to sign, I'm here. And every day I turned up for fittings, filming, it was like I was having the best day of my life every single day because it couldn't be topped so I thought no it couldn't be topped coming the next day oh my god my head's blown yeah so you weren't Um, really trying to negotiate for a higher fee oh hell no (laughs) 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 you know you know it's like that saying you know um, you know I'll do anything I'll even be a stormtrooper it was like no you don't even have to pay me I have to be here you know you don't you don't want to have that on tape well that's not exactly how I felt. <laughs> I'm trying to backtrack. Yeah. No, no, no. But I you don't have to pay me, but the union, they, they're making me take money for this. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you actually feel that way because everybody loves doing what they're doing. You know, you're not seeing one item on an outfit, one paint stroke on a creature that hasn't been put there by, with love. Yeah, you know, I introduced it to Maria a little while ago. They had um, HOD for looking after um, Chewbacca. Each strand of hair is being put into into Chewie's outfit. Oh yeah, and we should point out we talked to the lady that 
did make Chewbacca. And if you listen to last week's episode, we're wondering what it was made out of. Yak fur. So the local dogs around Pinewood are safe, everyone. So it's fine. By hand. When you walk past each department and they're working on something and your mouth, your jaw just drops, they look at you and like, in it. <laughs> they're doing this. I can't believe it, yeah. So, so what you're saying is like, you're not the one fanboy running around. Like, there's everyone sort of like in this heightened stage. Like, it's like when Homer Simpson got the job at the bowling alley. <laughs> yeah. 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 Everybody is there in disbelief, but loving what they do. Rad. And then what about like on set for filming days? Like, what was, what was the first day that details on the set of Star Wars The Force Awakens? It wasn't even named there. No. What was that like to walk and see, just to walk through the doors of Pinewood? Look, I'm, I, still, I still get goosebumps. Um, it's, it's incredible. But at the same time, once you're in your costume, once you're in your head, once you're surrounded by other creatures, and once you're surrounded by the set production, this is like, well, of course I'm an alien, aren't I? You know, and you, <laughs> and you just and you get on with it. With Kratinus and Prashi, there was a set level of communication because my face was always fixed with this with this wide open laugh and his. No, but, but what was it like when you had the mask on? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was just immense. You just you're 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 submerged into this character. Um, you're walking on set. You know your your level of performance, what it's got to be, um, and how much you need to give to perform out of this suit. Some suits you need to give a lot of performance. Some you can be quite subtle about, and they get it. With this, just walking on set. Everybody's already laughing at us because it's quite infectious to look at these guys with these faces. And they can't quite see your eyes, but as soon as you see them laughing, you just start wanting to laugh. And all that goes, and then my shoulders start going, and then it's just pandemonium. But it's, um, it was just, it was really surreal. I'm walking onto the set for the first time, JJ and the crew on the left-hand side, walking past the, the, um, the fire pit that hadn't been lit yet. Um, they're, fer- they're ferrying all the creatures to the back um, so they can take that big um, picture. I don't know if you saw it, of all the creatures with JJ stood with all, with all of us. And um, JJ then gives us a speech and, and says thank you and we all look fantastic and then says we're going to shoot this thing in reverse, which means we're going to get all the wides and then work our way down to the close-ups because we've got plenty of time because something unfortunate happened to Mr. Ford. We're just like, okay, more screen time. All right, brilliant. Then they started setting us up um, to stand there on our knees and we're playing this game on the floor. JJ rushes over and says, no, 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 these guys need a hero moment. Uh, just, no, get them off the set. And we're like, hero moment? Awesome. Awesome, <laughs> hero. They're like, what does that mean? What does that mean? No, like, oh, that just means a close-up. You just want to make sure he captures you for the, for the screen. And um, that day we didn't film. Um, they took us for our photos and our scanning for the toys and the book. Toys. Um, I haven't seen my tour yet. They haven't made it yet. But there's a few of us that they haven't released yet. Yeah. Luke um, Skywalker. <laughs> is that one? Is it really? Yeah. So okay. get in line, buddy. But yeah, I know. But there's another creature. You know, Sure, you had more screen time than him, but... I think I did. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. No, no. <laughs> that wouldn't be right. But there was, there's another creature in there that... Um, he smokes... He's like a vape. He smokes on this vaping pipe. He's got this little peanut head. Yeah, and he's all like that with his lips, yeah? Um, it took me a while to work out where he was in the suit. But he still doesn't have a name or a backstory. Yeah. And he's like, well, I can't put a picture up on Facebook and I can't tell anybody because they ask me who I am. I don't know. So his information is still yet to come. Ah. But um, in our photo session, we kind of used that time to find out and we kind of work our movements, like how we were going to perform together. Because Prashi always has to set Kratinus off. Um, we had the photo guy in stitches and he had to video it. Then we moved on to the scanning area and <laughs> there were two sections. There's one section where you're being, you have to stand on this, this little round disc and they spin you around slowly while all these cameras just take pictures. And then there's another section where you've got all these cameras all the way around you and they're, and they're taking pictures also for the toys. 
and we're speaking in, in our language and yelling to one another from behind that curtain and I'm over here but it was awesome Just it was entertaining but we were doing it to find out how to move how to communicate yeah and in doing that we realised we were getting more a lot more expressions out of our faces just by a tilt of the head that was revolu- that was kind of like revolutionary for, for Neil and the guys to find out when they were watching it on the monitors because it was only because you don't expect that with faces like that it's like with the wolves they've got just one fixed expression which is ah yeah ours is a little bit more cheeky a little bit more personal but yeah we were getting all these emotions out just by tilting the head and how you lifted it up now what was it like the first time you're on set in the castle and Harrison Ford's there oh dude (laughs) Han Solo walks on the set man it's just oh Goosebumps, I'm covered in goosebumps. See, that just happens a lot. I get goosebumps. It's, you never, it's like, I'm trying to find the words. Every time you think about it, I'm taken back, I'm there. It's so vivid in my mind. I remember it like it was yesterday. You know, and I'm sat there. Prashi is sat on opposite me. JJ comes over. He's saying to me, um, right, when Harrison comes in, Maz over here is going to say, on oh, Solo. And then everyone's got to turn and look. Right? And he goes, I want UD to turn that way. I know Harrison's over there. And then I turned. <laughs> I wasn't expecting him to be there. <laughs> he, was just, he was just stood there looking at me and gave me that wry smile. And I was, and I was just like, bah, solo. <laughs> and then I turned back and I was like, oh my. <laughs> you know? I, I, I do like that the director of the film has to say can everyone turn around when Harrison Ford walks in we were going to do that <laughs> Harrison was stood there BB-8 was there um, Daisy was there John was there and um, Lupita was um, to the right of me knelt down um, in her dotted suit thing or whatever and uh, motion capture suit it was you were there it was it was Star Wars it was um Harrison added that level of authenticity to it. And it was like, Harrison's there, it must be Star Wars. Yeah. You know what I mean? I ain't Blade Runner, it's Star Wars. You know, we saw a lot of, on the Blu-ray, like, deleted scenes at, at Maz's castle. Maz used the Force. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, can I tell you that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was um, the bit where they're sat at the table. And um, Harrison is there, sat centre, Maz is to his left and um, Finn and Ray are to his right there was this moment um, where I think it's John is in disbelief and um, and Ray is being introduced to this character of Maz and all of a sudden everything on the table just goes just lifts into the air and they're all blown away and Harrison does his thing and like, yeah <laughs> you know just, hey, I've seen it before yeah. <laughs> Luke did it with C-3PO yeah <laughs> you know and I was watching from um, I was watching on the other side from the monitor and everything Harrison did he did it with such ease it was like he'd, he'd never stopped being Han Solo you know and of course Han Solo would react like that it yeah. was it was surreal you know, normally you'd think if there's going to be things that float, yeah, they'd do that later on. ILM would scan it in and make it go. How was the fruit floating so you could see it? Like Superman. It was on, they were like on these, these wires that were on this kind of like puppet rig. And you had um, various puppeteers in different points of, of the room lifting them up. And on the monitors, you couldn't, you, you couldn't even see it. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm sure they still got rid of the wires. Yeah. yeah. But I was watching the monitors. I was like, hang on. <laughs> I had to look around the set and think, how the hell are they doing that? Yeah. But it it's, was- like, it's like real sets, practical fruit. <laughs> <laughs> the force is practical. <laughs> now, Tom last week was saying that he somehow missed out on the opportunity that I think he gave, that J.J. Abrams gave to you to go see the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> no, that wasn't through JJ. Um, that was through um, uh, Brian and Dave, the operators on BB-8. 
was, um, everyone was rushing over to see Neil about the rap party. Hence why um, I missed the rap party. But Brian and Dave, they were like, D, they were like, D, D, hurry up, hurry up. How long is it going to take you to get changed? And I'm getting changed. And I'm like, what, what, what? And it's like, yeah, come on, hurry up. And so by the time I got changed, um, myself and um, Kevin Cornwall, who plays um, the Crimson Corsair, the guy with the red helmet, makes the deal. Dude's got a deep voice. <laughs> yeah, we both rushed over with Brian and, and Dave, and then we're waiting outside this hangar, not knowing what the hell was going on. Then this guy comes strolling over, he goes, Brian, not you again. He goes, yeah, 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 just one more time, one more time. <laughs> and so um, we get in, hand over our phones, sign a book, and then look up, and the Millennium Falcon is just parked right there, right in front of you. What a piece of junk. <laughs> yeah, but a beautiful piece of junk. It was, <laughs> but it was real. It was, it was... And did you know it was on set? Like, did you know there was one there? I thought they dismantled it, and I thought it was in another section. Wow. Because, because I think there was um, some spoiler release, or someone stole some pictures of it being built or something like that. So I thought, okay, they've shot what they needed to. They've dismantled it. The only bit you need now is the cockpit, which is separate for filming. Um, I had no idea. Absolutely no idea. And then they said, come on, we're going on. Walked up the ramp. That ship is bigger than you think. That ship is really bigger than you think. And I should say for the listeners at home, Dee's smile right now is bigger than you think. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like, you go on there and what you see in the movie isn't the entire ship. Yeah? When you get on that ship, they always show you, like, like, video, like when you're watching it on the screen, they come out and they go to your left, left of the screen, but they go into their right, right? Which goes round... And you end up in the, um, the lounge area a bit, which also leads on to the cockpit, right? But when you get on, there's a left. <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole map of this ship that you can walk around, touch things. The lights are working. You see where they ha- the, sm- the smuggling compartments are. You can see Luke's training thing, ball thing. Yeah, yeah. the training remote, yeah. yeah. You see the sofa, you see the holographic table, you see where Han had to sit where he was saying, um, what's it, that Jedi stuff is all hokey religion and all that. Yeah, he says stuff like that, where he sat there lounging. And you're there, and you remember the scene, and you're kind of like, well, if the scene was happening, I'd be stood here. (laughs) Or I'd be sat here. It's amazing. I think there's two questions that everyone wants to know about the Falcon. Okay. Did you find the toilet? (laughs) <laughs> and question two is, did you use the toilet? <laughs> I think that's what's round the left. <laughs> the left side of the ship takes up the whole section. Um, but it, no, it was absolutely amazing. Sat in the cockpit and you look around. Um, I can't remember if Han Solo's dice were there. I can't remember if the dice were hanging. It was, it was one of those moments where you do tear up because it's, it is really overwhelming. And you're whisked around, you're showing around, and then before you know it, you're off the Millennium Falcon, and you're stood outside, and you're thinking, did that just happen? Did that just happen? It must have happened. It must have. But it was, um, it was amazing. And also on sets, I got to see um, an X-Wing. And a, a, a built X-Wing. That's the size it would be if you were getting in it to fly it. That's why, that's why you weren't that impressed when you went in there before. <laughs> no, 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 I was stood there and I got the goosebumps again. And, and it's like, of course, when you, it's, you, shouldn't, you, don't, you shouldn't walk onto a, onto a set and expect to see the full thing. You walk onto a set and you expect to see maybe a section where they're going to film the bit for the cockpit. And um, this is the model that we're going to use to make the whole thing look like it's big and epic uh, with ILM and all that kind yeah. of stuff. You don't expect to see the things built to scale. Yeah. You know, it's, and, you st- and you look at them and you're like, no, <laughs> no. Because then you start imagining if you're in it and you imagine what it would look like when it, if it started to take off. And your, mind, your imagination just goes. It's just, yeah. 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 
That's amazing, Dee. I'm so happy for you. And you seem pretty happy for yourself as well. And, and you've also done a little bit of stuff. You can't talk about it on, on Rogue One and Episode 8. Now you're the guy going around sets in London going, I'm working on this thing. Can't tell you what it is. Yeah, that's weird. Without spoiling anything for Rogue One, give us a sizzle. It's like nothing you've seen before. Yeah, and you're thinking, yeah, right, yeah, Star Wars. No, 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 no. It's like nothing you've seen before. You will see the stormtroopers from the trailer and everything that you've seen, and of course you look at it and you say, that's Star Wars, and that's what I mean. But the way that it's shot, the way that it looks, it's not like the fairy tale of wizards and lightsabers that's taking place up there. Yeah, it's not like what you've seen before. This is ground troops doing their thing and you can you recognize all, who all the characters are, the context of it all, but it is mind-blowing because you are ground level with them. And that's all I can say. Star Wars Celebration details. Thank you. Stillwars.com. <laughs> This is the 100th episode, and I have to say, it's to come here and have... I thought maybe one or two people would come up and say, hey, I like your podcast, but it's... I've met hundreds of people that have been so nice and so giving and so positive and I'm getting a bit emotional. Um, it's just been awesome, and it truly is a celebration of Star Wars and, more importantly, a celebration of Star Wars fans here. So thank you so much. And I'd like to have a big thanks to my Ewok-looking cat, Jerry, and my lovely wife, Jackie, who puts up with me doing all this stuff and staying up very late so I can give you guys content, content, content. Because that internet just needs to be filled. But thank you so much. I am Steel Saunders. I do love Star Wars. And may that force be with you. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that 100th episode recorded live at Star Wars Celebration with the hilarious and exuberant details. That was awesome. I hope you enjoyed it. 100 episodes. A huge shout out to uh, James Burns and Mark Newbold from Jedi News. UK for organising the One Force stage for us to podcast on and just a massive there's too many people to name but thank you to all the podcasts that have supported our podcast and had us on or talked about it thanks to all the Star Wars websites that have talked about it thanks to everyone that's written sweet five star reviews you can always join that crew for the people that retweet every week and, and interact on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. It's awesome. It's so cool. If you want to celebrate the 100th episode with the exchange of currency, we've got the Your Snoke Theory Sucks stickers uh, going out red hot and the Have You Seen Him stickers. And also both those prints are available in t-shirts on the Steel Wars website, steelwars.com. And if you want to hear our entire back catalogue of episodes, support the podcast and get weekly bonus episodes, join the Steel Wars supporter page. It's $3 Australian, which if you're in America, it's about $2.20. If you're in the UK, it's, I don't know, about a pound sixty. And if you're in another country... It's another amount of dollars. That's what I'm trying to say, but it's not much. A month. And uh, you get to listen to the weekly podcast with a warm glow that you're keeping it going. And you get to enjoy all the bonus content and the back catalogue. So, it's been awesome. Make sure you are... Uh, we're putting up 
so many episodes this week with uh, Star Wars Celebration and then Comic-Con that you might miss an episode. So make sure you check the feed because sometimes if you haven't refreshed, you might miss an episode. So if you are on the iPhone or iPad app, that's free on iTunes, the Steel Wars app. If you're just going off the RSS feed, hit a little refresh and uh, check that you have not missed an episode. Thank you guys so much for all your support. Thank you to the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. If you need some more podcasting, go check that out at makingstarwars.net. And that's it. 100 eps. May that force be with you. On a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and three hundred and sixty-five day returns.